Today, I just feel really remarkably grateful to God for just so many things. I think uh, hearing from Andrew, I'm just so grateful for our global partners and the tremendous work that Andrew and Julie are doing to end human trafficking, and just that we get to be a part of that work. I feel really grateful for last week. It was just this beautiful celebration to come together. And I want to say a particular thank you to so many people who were engaged with last week. Uh, Pastor Caleb, who orchestrated the whole thing and brought it together, for the staff and volunteers, some of whom served for 12, 10 to 12 hours, giving up that time on their Christmas Eve to be able to bless other people and encourage them, and giving up so, so many hours in the days to, before that so we could have a really meaningful space of Christmas Eve together. So thank you to all of you who served so well last week. It was powerful. It was impactful. It was a really beautiful gift to be able to serve Jesus together. Well, do you ever find it difficult to ask for help? Maybe it's because I'm a man, maybe it's because I have moments of insecurity or pride, but every now and then I just find it so hard to ask for help. I'm getting better, I'm growing, but for many years in this store, I couldn't ask for help. I would walk around the store maybe two or three times looking for something before I would ask someone to help me find it. Sometimes I would even go home without something that I needed because I felt too afraid or insecure to ask someone for help in the store to find any particular item. And maybe a couple of you can relate to me. Maybe it's asking for directions. Maybe it's asking for help in a store. Maybe it's asking your kids to help you out at home. Uh, maybe it's asking a friend to help you out at school. Maybe it's asking a neighbor to help you out with a project. Maybe we just have a little bit of a hard time asking for help. And do you ever find that that spills over into your relationship with Jesus, into spaces where you just have a hard time asking God for things that you need? I think it's interesting for us because as Christians, we believe that God is almighty and he's all-powerful. He can do absolutely anything. And we are convinced that God is perfectly loving. He has an unconditional love for each and every one of us. And if you have someone who is all-powerful and loves us unconditionally, why would we find it hard to ask them for help? But I think so often we find it difficult. We find it challenging. And I think there's a number of reasons for this. I think some of us have a hard time asking God for help because we've been disappointed before. Maybe sometime in the past we asked God for something and it didn't work out the way that we hoped it would. And there's a sense of discouragement and disappointment and we just don't want to ask again because we don't want to have to go through that sense of feeling disillusioned all over again. For some of us, we don't ask God for help because we're not really sure that we can trust His character. Is God really good? If I asked him for help, what would he do with my request? Would he twist it or distort it in some particular way? And maybe if we're really honest, one of the reasons we don't ask God for help is because of pride. We don't want to admit a need. We want to look like we have it all together. We want to look perfect. We want to look self-made and independent. We want to be strong. And asking for help requires that someone else see our need. And today's our last Sunday of the year. And I can't help but wonder... What kind of things could we leave in 2023? What kind of ways might we see God engage with us? What kind of ways might God move or work in the midst of our hearts, our minds, or our souls to bring change to us or to the life of our community or our church or our families if we would ask Him? And today is all about an opportunity for us to ask the Father for the things that we need. And let's spend a few minutes talking this through, but let's just pray together as we start off. Our Father, we are just so grateful for the truth of who You are. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would do what you and you alone can do. Would you reveal the nature and the character of Christ and the Father to our hearts and our minds and our souls? Would you move within us to accomplish things beyond the scope of all that we could ask or imagine today? Would you fill us with your spirit and with your presence, with your life in a fresh and in a new way? Would you empower us to be the people that you were calling us to be? Fill us with courage and strength and capacity. 
We lay ourselves down before you in Jesus' name. Amen. We well, see, you and I might have a hard time asking for help, but Jesus has absolutely no hesitation about us going to the Father and asking him for the things that we need. For example, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 11, we read these words. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Again, Jesus invites us to go to the Father and ask. And so let's look at a few of the reasons that Jesus gives to us why we should ask. Again, I find this interesting because you and I so often have a hard time asking God for things because we're afraid of being disappointed. But Jesus flips this around completely on its head and says, you should ask because the very best way to receive is simply to ask the Father for the things that you need. Again, Jesus starts off with these words, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Again, Jesus is calling us to go to the Father in a healthy, a holy, confident kind of way, like a child who is secure in the love of their parent and simply ask God for the things that we need. As one author puts it, we should go and explore all of the boundaries of the generosity of God. We should seek Him. We should get to know Him. We should explore how far will God go? How much will He give? How generously will He pour out His blessing on us and on the people around us? Again, we should go to God confident because God is not too busy. God is not frustrated by the interruptions to His time. God invites us to move forward with Him and to simply ask for the things that we need. And I want to be really clear with this. God is not some kind of a cosmic vending machine where we simply put in our quarter prayer, push exactly the right button, and what we want will pop out. That isn't how God works or how he operates. God is wise beyond our comprehension. He is loving beyond the capacity of anything that we could know. Everything that God will do is and always will be the very best thing possible, even if we can't always see it. And again, maybe you've experienced this a little bit over the course of the last few weeks. Again, sometimes our kids will ask us for something that we know just wouldn't be the very best thing for them. And from their perspective, for what they want for Christmas is something in particular that they think would be just the most amazing thing. But as parents, we can say, I don't know that that's going to be best for you at this particular point in time. And this is how God engages with us. But this shouldn't discourage us from asking him for the things that we need because it actually gives us a deeper level of freedom because we can go to God and ask him for absolutely anything and he will only respond in the way that is right and good and best for us and for all of the people around us as well because God can see the full scope of time and eternity and space and the needs of us and everyone around us. He can see everything at once and he always knows what is perfect and good and right. And so we can simply go to him and say, Father, this is what I need. This is what I would want. Would you do this? With a sense of confident trust that he is the perfect parent and he knows exactly what to do. And for some of us, we've gotten bitter and offended with God because somewhere along the way, we asked God for something and it didn't come. Again, for some of us, we asked once and it didn't happen, and so we gave up on an ongoing journey of seeking or knocking or asking and became frustrated with God. At other points in time, there was something that we asked God for, and he simply said no. 
In our hearts, we got hard and cold and frustrated and bitter towards him. But the very best way to deal with our spaces of disillusionment with God is not to stop asking God for things, but to continue to press in and to continue to engage in this relationship, to continue to ask and to seek and to knock and to explore the boundaries of his generosity so that we can come back to a right and a good and a holy view and perspective of who God is. But for some of us along this journey, we need to repent of the offense against God. We just need to say, God, I'm sorry that I've been angry and frustrated and offended against you. I don't understand why things are as they are, but I choose to trust you. And as we embrace this beautiful, loving, trusting relationship with our perfect Heavenly Father, we can continue to engage and ask Him for the things that we need. Again, we hesitate because we don't want to be disappointed. And Jesus says, you should ask because the very best way to receive is to ask. And secondly, again, I think we so often don't want to ask God for things because we're not really sure that we can trust Him. We're not really sure what His character will be like. Over the years, I've heard some terrifying and horrifying perspectives that people in the church have about if I ask God for something, maybe He'll twist it a bit or maybe distort it slightly and I'll get something bad or something negative or something painful or something hard. But Jesus explains to us, which one of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, would give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus is saying that we should go to the Father and ask because we can trust his character. We can trust what the Father is like. And again, we know how this is supposed to work. If a child goes to a parent and asks them for the staples that they need to live and to survive, like bread and fish, which were the the basic parts of a diet in that particular part of the world at that particular point in time, a parent wouldn't distort that. A parent wouldn't give them a stone that might look like bread and then laugh at them as they try and take a bite of this thing that just hurts their teeth and doesn't satisfy their hunger. A good parent wouldn't give to their child something that maybe looks like an eel taken out of the the Sea of Galilee, but really is a snake that would harm them. A good parent would never do that. And God is not malicious. God is not looking to distort or to harm or to bring any kind of destruction into our lives. There is nothing evil or broken or dark or selfish within Him. And if we can understand the concept that parents are meant to bless their children, to give them things that are good and nourishing and satisfying to their bodies, to help them to flourish and to thrive, how much more does God want to give the things that will help us to flourish and thrive and to be whole? Jesus invites us to a renewed perspective of the Father. He is infinitely trustworthy because He is perfectly good. And so we have freedom and confidence to go and to ask because of His goodness because we know that he would never distort, that he would never harm, that he would never intentionally cause damage. And for some of us, this is a really big deal, because for some of us, we had a parent or a caregiver who did misuse our needs, someone who neglected to give us the things that were necessary. And when you think about God, particularly when you think about God as a father, for some of you, you have a really difficult time engaging with this concept, because you can't imagine a father who is good, Or you can't imagine a parent who is selfless, who would never misuse your needs. And again, every single one of us, our parents were incomplete in their capacity to love us, just as we are incomplete in our capacity to love one another or to love our children. But Jesus is saying that God is remarkably different. There is no incompleteness in Him. 
There's no harshness, there's no bitterness, there's no resentment, there's no brokenness, there's only fullness of power and life and goodness and light and truth and mercy and fullness. And so Jesus says to us that we should ask because we can trust the goodness and the character of our Father that he would never distort or malign or twist or damage us for the things that we would ask him for. And again, for some of us, we choose not to ask because we've been told over the course of time that if we ask, it's too selfish. And again, the Father, in the fullness of his love, delights to give good gifts to his children. And if our requests and our desires are selfish, God will let us know, and he'll continue to form and shape our character, and it's okay. It's okay to seek him for the things that you feel like you need and want. And so we should seek because we can trust the character of the Father. And again, often we don't ask because we are proud, we just really don't want to admit a need. We don't want anybody around us to see that we are not perfect or complete in and of ourselves, that we're not self-made people. We don't want to express need or vulnerability. And this is particularly true when we feel like we have to ask someone else to pray with us. Because maybe we can get to the point where we can express our vulnerable self to God, but we certainly don't want to have to do that with somebody else as well. And this is an issue that we have to work out within our own hearts and minds and souls. Because pride is this really deep kind of evil. It's the kind of evil that says to God, I can do life without you. It's the kind of evil that caused Adam and Eve in the garden to say, I want power and strength and the ability to know good and evil for myself. I will do this in my own way, in my own time, in my own capacity. I am strong enough to lead my own life and I will do it the way that I want. And pride is so intensely toxic. Because in pride, we might have before us the wonders and the magnitude of all that God wants to bless us with and pour out into our life, but we can't access it because we can't admit our need and go to God and ask. And I wonder, how many times have we suffered in silence? How many moments of healing or freedom or confidence or joy or abundance or goodness or hope have we missed? Because we couldn't embrace the humility to simply ask for the things that we needed. How many times has God wanted to give us something more or to respond to our prayers beyond what we could ask or imagine, and we don't get there because we're too proud to ask Him for the things that we need? I remember years ago uh, in a church that we were serving, and there was a, couple, a young couple who were amazing and great, and they were wrestling with infertility. I remember the husband and wife came to the elders at one point and said, we'd just like you to pray for us that we would be able to have a child. We had a really great space of prayer together. It was really meaningful. It was a really good space just to care for one another, to share our thoughts and concerns, to hear from Jesus, to cry together, to pray together, to engage. And I remember when the time was over, the husband who was really new in his faith said to his wife, I can't believe that they would care for us like that. I can't believe that anyone would take that kind of time to just bless us and be present with us. And even in the asking, it was a space of growth and healing because they recognized they didn't need to suffer in silence. And again, in the grace and mercy of Jesus, he chose to reach out his hand, and they now have three beautiful children. But even in the journey of asking, sometimes there's a healing that takes place, a good, healthy movement that goes forward. And so let's not let pride rob us of so many of the good gifts that God wants to give to us because we're too afraid to ask, because we want to be seen to be strong and independent and confident and secure and needing nothing when, in fact, we're suffering and in pain and desperately in need on the inside. So let's not hold ourselves back. Again, in a few minutes, we want to give us an opportunity to simply ask God for the things that we need in a space of communion. But before we do that, the scriptures remind us that as we prepare for communion, we need to prepare our hearts. 
And so I want to encourage us, let's just take a moment, just pause right where you are, and just ask the Holy Spirit, is there anything between me and you? Is there anything damaging my ability to receive from you? Is there any part of my life that you want me to realign with the truth of who you are? Let's just take a moment to prepare our hearts to engage with communion together. And I want you to think just for a moment. If you would ask the Father for anything today, what would you ask Him for? What's the burning need in your heart or mind or soul or being? What's the burning need in your family or in your relationships? If you could ask the Father for something today, what would you ask Him for? And just clarify in your mind what that looks like. You see, in communion, we have this really good gift. In communion, we come to Jesus and we say, Jesus, I am in need of you. I can't save myself. I can't heal myself. I can't restore relationships. I can't heal the brokenness of this world. Jesus, I am in need of you. And in communion, we get to see this beautiful response of God to the depths of our need. As Jesus says to us, this is my body given for you. This is a perfect expression of the love of the Father that knows absolutely no boundaries and will pour itself out in an unhindered way to set us free and to bring us into life and relationship with Him now and forever. And Jesus says to us, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This is a whole new way of relating to God that's not based primarily on our performance or on our capacity to obey everything that God calls us into, but based first and foremost and always on Jesus' sacrifice and His finished work for us. And we get to simply choose to respond to Him with a life of obedience and a life of gratitude and a life of love in response to the wonder and the goodness of all that He has already done. And today he invites us to the space to recognize that the arms of the Father are open, that he is powerful, that he is loving, that he wants to embrace us and to engage us in this space together.